Welcome to the Ross Weekly, where we present to you the latest happenings and upcomings in the Ross community. Paired with a brief intro to the Ross students and the Ross Club this week, I am one of your hosts, Keith Liu, and with me I have Christina Weiberg. We have a few of our awesome classmates joining us today, Joseph Kemp and Meredith Maimoni. Welcome. Before we get started, we'll do a quick check-in on some recent and upcoming events and happenings. So on campus this week, we have the Asian American Business Association. Uh, they are hosting an event at the Little Caesars Arena, which is celebrating their sixth annual Chinese Heritage Night at Le Little Caesars Arena as the Detroit Pistons take on the Cle Cleveland Cavaliers. The game features a special Chinese pregame performance and a halftime performance as well. Uh, Net Impact at Ross is hosting a two-week virtual trek. It kicks off tomorrow on Monday with their Future of Responsible Business panel, featuring, featuring a discussion between industry leaders in the environment, social, and governance space. Also on Monday, FedEx and Women Who Launch have a virtual panel with the co-founders of GoNanas. Morgan and Annie are two U UM alums who are passionate about health and wanted to see more healthy, tasty food options here on campus. So they made a vegan gluten-free, allergen-free banana bread mix company. Also this week, the Wellness Week is kicking off. Each day features a workshop to engage holistic wealth and health and wellness. It includes on Friday with the FitX hosting the Fit Expo, an opportunity to learn more about wellness from the business side. And Thursday features Follies, advertised as the best event of the year. The annual Follies show is a comedic feature written and produced and acted by your MBA friends and MBA partners. Christina, what's happening out in town? Hey, Keith, thanks for kicking everything off. And I have to say, as an MBA too, watching Follies, Follies virtually last year was a hoot and a half, and I cannot wait to see it in person this year. Thank you, COVID, for giving us a break. Kicking off the Ann Arbor events and surrounding cities from January 30th until February 27th, the African American Cultural and History Museum presents Sankofa, the art and legacy of John Oye Lockard. The concept of Sankofa derives from King Adinkera, sorry if I say that wrong, of the Ikim people of West Africa, signifying that the generation to come will benefit from the wisdom and knowledge of the past. This exhibit celebrates the art, life, and legacy of John Oye Lockard, whose connection to the African diaspora, his students, and the community exemplifies the principle of Sankofa. Born in Detroit, John Orion Lockard was a powerful and awe-inspiring artist, muralist, painter, historian, and storyteller with his works found both nationally and internationally. Experienced the artistic evolution of Black history and culture through the eyes of this visionary. On Friday, we have a couple of events going on. First, we have um, the Bridge Community Cafe presents Dry Bridge Bar, Mocktails and Microphones, <laughs> hosted by Bruce Pike. Hopefully I said that right. 10 area comedians will be giving you a taste of the talent in Washtenaw County. The show begins at 9 p.m. Doors open at 7 p.m. Admission is $8 and gets you entry and one drink ticket to use for any mocktail or coffee item of your choice. So we have a lot of comedy going on this week. Also on Friday, Necto presents Pride Fridays. Every Friday at 9 p.m., Doors open um, for $10 for 21 plus crowd to go in and have some fun. And then finally, this Saturday, February 5th, the family-friendly Hunt for the Yeti takes place in Ypsilanti. Y'all, I never knew this was a thing, but <laughs> explore rolling hills in search of the elusive 
Yeti, the Eddie, Eddie the Yeti, excuse me, during this family fun event. The $3 ticket includes hot cocoa and a take-home craft. So lots going on both at Ross, in the community, come and check it out or join virtually. Um, and with that, we are now going to transition into welcoming our guests officially to the podcast. Before we dive into talking about all things club activities, we first want to hear about the remarkable backgrounds of Meredith and Joe. Could you both share where you're from, your pre-Ross background, the club that you're representing today, and what it was like trying to pick clubs to be involved in? Because man, is that a job and a half in and of itself. Meredith, do you want to kick it off for us? Absolutely. Thank you, Christina. And thanks, Keith, also for your intro. Um, hey everyone, nice to be uh, nice to be here. My name is Meredith Maimoni, and I am lucky enough to be representing Michigan Businesswomen, which I think is one of the best clubs on campus. So really, really excited to be here. Um, prior to Ross, I was in Long Beach, California, so missing a little bit of my sunshine with the cold weather, and um, was working at a nonprofit in community engagement and fundraising for about six years, but looking forward at Ross to actually transitioning into operations and sustainability consulting. And um, I'm involved with the Tauber Institute and with the Herb Institute for sustainability as well. And just when I was thinking about how to get involved and what I wanted to get involved um, in on campus, because there's so much, I really thought about a few areas. One was community. Who did I really want to be surrounded by? What are things that I'm passionate about that I care about? Um, a second area was what is a skill that I want to refine or learn coming from nonprofit. I love facilitation and sort of community engagement, but really wanted to dig into a little bit more of my strategic planning, a little bit more of my leadership. And those were definitely some of the things that, that I was um, considering. So Joe, I'm so curious to hear about you. Yes. Thanks, Meredith. So again, thank you to Christine and Keith as well for having me today. So I am from New York City, which I think is the best city in the world. So um, before I came to Ross, I worked in fashion procurement. I also had a stay in nonprofit in education as well. And I worked at a law firm before I came to law school as part of this fellowship that lets you kind of be like a summer associate before you start. So with that being said, I am a JD MBA candidate here at the University of Michigan. And post-graduation, I will be a corporate lawyer in New York City. Um, and the club I'm representing today is the Wolverine Esports and Gaming Association. We Game for short. It's a club that Nick Brody and I founded, and it's going strong still today. So that is awesome. Can you quickly just go into what your club does and what is it that We Game uh, is the purpose of We Game and what it try to bring together? Yeah, definitely. So when I was thinking about founding the club, I think there was two things that I saw as a disconnect. Uh, one is that we didn't have a gaming club at all, but other business schools did, and there was a lot of these. I don't want to call it micro communities, but we can call it that, that were happening around campus doing like board games and different things like that. And I'm like, I think it's a great idea. It's just connected and have it as a broader thing where we can, you know, bring in everybody and also tap those who are not into gaming that may want to try it. Um, in addition to that, I think educating folks on a gaming space is something that we're trying to do at least next year. Well, I'm not going to be here, but you know, next year, I think that's the next step is to like, start to have like corporate presentations and things like that, how the other clubs do, because obviously, you know, as in current times, the metaverse is a big thing that everyone's talking about and just a lot of different things within this space. So I think those are sort of the two main prongs that prompted me to start it. So basically I should say what the club does too, huh? So the club, you know, again, brings everyone together and we play, you know, video games, board games, and we have events 
I think at least bi-weekly at this point, I have to say, you know, I'm not the face of the club because I am technically the president. However, um, I just helped form it and I kind of just, you know, help out on the back end. Um, but Nick Brody and, you know, the rest of the team really do very well in like engaging the community and throwing these amazing events that we have all year. That's amazing. I mean, it's incredible to think you're doing all of these things and you started a club. So man, props <laughs> to you. Um, and thinking about what you both spoke about uh, with interest in clubs, how you pick them, I would love to hear about how you bridged and thought about professional versus social versus community. You know, MBA, we're so focused and talk a lot about the professional needs. That's what we're here for. We're here to get a professional degree to keep working. But Joe, as you mentioned, it can be disconnected sometimes being your person and then being your professional person. And so I would love to hear from both of you, maybe starting with Joe, like, how did you reconcile the two obviously creating a club but what does it mean to commit your time to this versus a networking session or a skill building session or something that might look good on the resume quote unquote yeah that's a great question i think that you know we have a lot of social events generally anyway and i think it's it's always that sort of battle to be social as well as be professional or do like a professional event but i think you know once people are kind of done with recruiting once people want to do something sort of that doesn't have a high commitment, for example, like this is something easy you can do for like an hour or two hours, opposed to let's say, you know, going out for like several hours, like at our, you know, weekly skeeps event, for example, right? So I think for me, it was more so finding, essentially creating new outlets for people to have fun instead of the traditional outlets. And I think that's important to have because, you know, obviously play is just as helpful as, how can I say this? play is helpful to your professional life, if that makes sense, you know, work hard, play hard, or you can work hard, but you have to have some, you know, sort of release, if that makes sense. So I think for me personally, how I handled the two is, you know, again, since I am a law student, I did have my job early, so that makes it easier. But um, I think for the folks who, who did not maybe have their job or anything like that, like going through recruiting and all that kind of stuff, I think, again, having it, as like a non-committal, like non-high time sucker is good. So like you can have, you can come for like an hour and play like a quick board game and we could have like several types of board games set up because you know, like a Catan could take an hour or two or we can do something like Exploding Kittings, which is like 30 minutes to an hour and you know, you go when you're ready. So I think that's how we're able to sort of balance the two. Yeah, I mean, Joe, a lot of what you were saying really resonated with me, kind of that that's what can sometimes feel like a gap between, you know, choosing a professional, um, something professional to spend your time in versus choosing something social. But I think too, it's like when we come to business school, so much of what we're doing is building our network, we're building friendships and like the way that you can do that when you're in a strictly professional environment looks so different from the way that you might do it at WeGame, where you get to like be around a table with people in totally different industries. And you're just like, your shared interest is coming together and having that playful moment, which is also so, so critical. Um, I mean, play is important for itself too. And I'm not trying to diminish that, but like you really do also have that piece as well, which is awesome. And I wanted to say one more thing, actually, I think even with that sort of balance, you know, we're here to make friends and make a network. And I think like, just, you know, adding on to what Meredith said, you know, these events, even if it is just play or whatever, it's like you're still building relationships with our classmates. And we started this during the pandemic. So I think, you know, that's one of the big things, I think, at least for me in my first year that I did not get to um, really deep dive on and, is in that, and that's building relationships. So this year I've been able to do that much more so. So 
That's awesome. Like creating an opportunity for students to come together and just reconnect despite like how everything went virtual last year. So I would love to learn more. Like how did you guys decide between um, whether it was club involvement as a leader in the club or maybe taking a step back and just being a member? How do you guys reconcile that on top of managing, uh, you know, academics, recruiting, everything else that's going on in the MBA program? How do you balance that? Maybe Meredith, you can start. Yeah, thanks for the, the opportunity, Keith. I think for me, when I was applying to MBA, I had a few things that I knew I wanted to do. Like, and one of those things is to put like big companies on my resume, um, which I'm doing in part through MAP and through my internship, fingers crossed, I'm still recruiting. But also MBW is one of the biggest clubs on campus um, here at Ross. I think it's either consulting club or MBW that's actually number one, but it's highly recognizable. And just when I was in the like pre-MBA process, trying to figure out where I was going, I already knew that no matter what school I went to, I was going to be involved with whatever women's organization they had on campus. So I already knew that that was part of my path from the time that I was applying. Um, and part of it was because I really wanted to demonstrate that legitimacy and wanted to kind of have people from the outside know that someone from nonprofit, which is sometimes not as maybe well represented or maybe not as you know seen as well. Sometimes it very much depends. Um, I wanted to really legitimize some of that skill. And so that was a part of my selfish reason for wanting to do it. But also um, for me, I've been raised by strong women, like my mom, my aunties, they were involved in the Asian American studies movement, like in LA, they were involved in figuring out how are we going to really advance women in the workplace? They were involved in the feminist movement. And those women really inspired me to want to not just show up and be a part of the community, but to continue to make change for, I think, especially professional women. And there's so much that we need to do for women in general, but also if we are looking at sort of intersectionality within what it means to be a woman, um, I really am excited about what we can do going forward with partnerships with, you know, Out for Business, with HBSA, with BBSA, and with some of our other affinity groups on campus, ABA, which I'm also a member of, um, and really seeing how we can sort of advance gender equity for people in a very intersectional way. And so when I think about your question, Keith, of, you know, why not just join as a member, but why join as a leader? There were things that I felt like MBW could be doing and could build on what it's already doing to um, make even more change that would really support MBW's mission. And that's something I'm very passionate about and something that I wanted to, to jump into wholeheartedly. So that's what brought me here. Yeah, so I think similar to what I was saying earlier about, you know, starting it to build community, you know, I have visions for the club that I hope, you know, the future boards will take on such as like cross school events and things like that competitions and things like that, that would be really fun to just meet the broader community and whatnot. And I think for me, I sort of had to do the leadership position, if that makes sense, because first of all, gaming is my passion. And I was like, okay, this would be great. Like, you know, Meredith was talking about, you know, building a resume too. So I think this is for me sort of establishing that to the public. Um, but to be honest, what I saw was, again, these micro communities were forming, you know, like Nick Brody is, me and him are co-presidents, but he is, you know, the president, he is the face. So he, um, you know, started some micro community, you know, playing, what was that little game called? I forgot what it was. Um, uh, the one that was very popular where you, the, uh, oh God, I don't even know what it's called. They look like shy guys from Mario. I forgot what that the game was. Um, 
anyway, that game, um, he was running small communities playing together. And I think like I saw all of these things. I said, hey, I think we should do this. Um, in addition to that, I did see another school that had, again, uh, esports and gaming club. I said, OK, Ross doesn't have one. Let's get one. Um, so obviously, as someone who's the founder, I think I, you know, sort of have to take on that leadership role. But as I said, you know, I've taken up sort of a back seat. But Nick Brody and the rest of the team are the ones who really run the club at this point. But how I balance all of that myself was, you know, for me, I have to prioritize a lot because I always have my hands in a lot of things. You know, as they say, I heard this quote one time, you know, you have a bucket of water to give all of your other buckets. You only have so much water to give. So I give it to the things that are most important. And I thought this was something that was very important. So, and I, you know, again, I didn't have to recruit. So I didn't, you know, I, don't, I would not a non-traditional path. Let's put it like that. So yeah, it has been good for me at least. Thank you both so much for sharing. I mean, I think there's a lot that goes into picking a club and how to spend your time in MBA. I always say the thing that they don't tell you about MBA is a really a degree about time management. <laughs> and they maybe warn you, but they don't emphasize that enough before coming into MBA. And so it's just amazing to hear your stories and hear your motivation to spend more of that time management process, thinking about not only what you're recruiting for, what your interests are, but also those of the rest of the community. Um, a question that I have is just kind of a fun question, and then we'll ask one more after that. For you, what is your favorite memory within your particular club so far? Is there a favorite event or something that really brought you joy within the community that you're a part of? Um, Joe, we'll start with you. Yeah, so for me, like, it's, I wouldn't say it's a particular event in my mind, but it's just seeing everything come to life as someone who started this and, you know, it's still going. So like we had something big at the yard quite recently. I don't know if we had an actual name for it, but it was like a game night. And, you know, I live in the yard. So as I was coming down, like, hey, look, look at this community here. And, you know, I, I'm doing a hand gesture for those who don't know, but <laughs> it's like a whole community. And I think like for me, just seeing something that I helped sort of come to life and seeing that there's a community, seeing that people are participating, seeing that we're tapping communities that would otherwise not join, I think for me has been the best part about the whole process. I love that, Joe. And I think for me, um, some of the things that I was hearing you talk about is sort of this legacy that we game is creating, like in that community that y'all are building. And it's funny because uh, thinking about that word legacy, that's also sort of what has when I think about what I have gotten joy out of with serving with MBW, um, some of it is, you know, the individual person-to-person -person interactions that MBW has really allowed me to create. But when I think about my like long-term happiness, it really comes back to that legacy and two things that I'm really excited. So this year I've served as our campus relations director for MBW and next year, excitingly, I'm going to be continuing in leadership as um, our club president. Um, and my committee this year, we're launching MBW's first ever alumni mentorship program. And actually, um, it's going to come out in our newsletter this week. So folks who are listening might have a little bit of a sneak preview. Um, but we're piloting a mentorship program where alums are going to be able to mentor current MBA ones who are women or MBA twos even, um, just to really build that pipeline and build that community beyond Ross. And then another really exciting thing that we kicked off this year is we started to hold prospective student like coffee chats and office hours with the campus relations team of MBW. And what's been exciting is we've drawn in prospectives, but we've also been able to talk to admitted women who are like 
where am I going to live? What am I going to do? You know, I want to talk to other admitted women and it gives them a chance to have sort of a space where it's just us and the admissions team isn't there. And these are two, I think, what are going to be legacy programs for this team going forward and that really tie into MBW's mission. So those are things that have brought me joy and have made me really proud. Thanks for sharing, Meredith. That's, that was a really great share. Um, so I would love to know, when you look back at orientation, whether it was last year or two years ago, we were in a spot and we're trying to decide what clubs we want to join. There's so many clubs to participate in here at Ross. So for prospective students, what advice or what recommendations would you give to help them make that decision? Joe, do you want to start? Yeah, sure. I think for me, I joined the clubs that I knew that I would definitely be participating in. Um, and I think one piece of advice is, you know, all these clubs cost money. So keep that into consideration because I didn't, you know, coming from the law school, they don't charge for clubs like, you know, MBA programs do. Um, so just, yeah, keep, I think for me, my strategy was, okay, which one can I maximize sociability and like social events because I love going out and like doing things and which ones would be sort of helpful to my career where I can gain some professional skills and even, you know, a new network within them. Um, so that was sort of my two prongs. So like, you know, wine club, of course, um, I, you know, not the consulting club, of course, I'm not going into consulting or anything like that, but you know, and things like that, that's what I would say, maximize social and maximize your professional opportunities and chances to meet people. I love that. And for me, it was a little like when I was prioritizing, it came down to what is the story that I want to be able to tell through my MBA. And part of that was what gaps do I feel like I need to cover? So, um, you know, I'm in the strategic operations club because I want to demonstrate that I have some operational competence that maybe people wouldn't think that I have coming from a fundraising background at a nonprofit. So that was one additional thing that I considered as well as um, I think truly the opportunity to make an impact and thinking about, you know, to Joe's point, what are the events that I really want to go to? What is a club like consulting club where, you know, I want to be a part of their educational program. Um, that said, I joined, I think like six clubs and I'm on leadership for two. And um, I haven't been able to go to some of the meetings. Like, I'm so sad, Joe, that I haven't been able to get to one Wolverine wine club meeting this whole term, like not one event. Um, which is maybe just an indicator that I've got other things that I'm prioritizing above it. But, you know, I've had my own wine club moments sometimes on a Friday night just in my apartment. So there we have it. But all that is to say, it's like you can join as many clubs as you want, but definitely what people tell you um, about prioritizing an MBA and knowing exactly what you want to get out of it, even when you're applying and when you get to campus, like have a plan and it may change and that's totally fine. But um, have a sense for, for what's your rationale for, for wanting to do things. Kind of like what Christina was saying, it's all about time management. Oh, man, I am so in awe of you both being so busy and taking your time to do this. We sincerely appreciate it. Meredith and Joe, thank you for joining us today. This has been another edition of Ross Weekly, a showcase of the latest happenings and upcomings brought to you by Business Beyond Usual. Today's episode was produced by Keith Liu and Christina Weiberg. Executive producers of BBU are Bob Needham, Eric Hoffenbeck, and myself, Christina Weiberg. Thank you all for listening. Thank you, Meredith and Joe, for hanging out with us. Keith, for leading us through today. Remember, always go blue, and this is business beyond usual. Thanks for having us. Go blue. Yeah.